0: Welcome to the Manor. Hey, this is James. Just letting you know that we're continuing our pre-Zeppelin episode. Last time we got up to the end of 1967. And here we go with 1968.
1: On to 68.
0: 68, which if you've hung with us this far, we are half done. (laughs) Yay! In 1968. (laughs) Fun story. Although Uh, it happened later in the year. I I don't want to interrupt the flow when we get there. Right. Plant relates of how in sixty eight he was stepping off a train, and was slapped repeatedly by an old lady, because of his hair. Oh <laughs> he, man! He goes to report yeah. it to the policeman, and the policeman said he deserved it. Oh! <laughs> he to England in sixty eight, uh, which was not much different than Indiana ninety
1: two. <laughs> you know, I I must admit, I, I've had I've had long hair for quite a while. I cannot really think of any time i've gotten shit over my long hair uh my family wasn't keen on it and there were a few places in the mall that did not like us but we never actually got slapped but true anyway I, I, there were places well i think there were just places in the mall that didn't like us because we were teenagers but yeah, it could be am <laughs> <laughs> sure the long hair and ripped up jeans didn't help
0: no eh, probably not uh, if we went in with leather jackets it probably wouldn't have been so bad <laughs> which is funny because we're probably more upstanding and intelligent than the motherfuckers with the letter jackets.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Don't get me started on that. Anyway, Led Zeppelin, 19th. Moving
0: on. <laughs> uh, so to, to mention again, Jimmy was working in the studio law. Uh, so this year he recorded with Joe Cocker with a little help from my friends, for
1: example. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very good album. Uh, oh boy. I, I likes it. Yeah.
0: And uh, on a, a Sort of another note, so it doesn't interrupt the flow. Free the band Free was formed in 1968, uh, whose vocalist Paul Rogers. Would Paul Rogers, be, yeah. to form Bad Company, and then was in the band The Firm with Jimmy Page. Jimmy Patrick Page, up, yeah. and, and then he actually toured with Queen
1: later after Freddie Mercury passed away too. Yes, uh, also a good album that Queen plus Paul Rogers. It is, down, yeah. yeah, yeah, They they picked two good people after
0: Freddie to to handle the the stuff. But I I bring up Paul Rogers because he says he convinced Robert Plant. And so this would be later in the year after when we get, when we talk about how Robert and Jimmy get together. um, But I don't want to interrupt the flow again. Paul Rogers says he convinced Robert Plant to meet with Jimmy Page and told uh, Plant to take a percentage of profits over a flat fee as that would be better offering financially. I have not seen this mentioned anywhere else. And I know Paul Rogers was around free formed in 1968. I have no doubt that they Knew each other, and I think they're you know they did kind of know, but maybe he did tell Plant this.
1: He might have. I will say, this maybe jumping ahead a little bit. This did happen in 1968. I've I've read Ozzy's autobiography and Tony Iommi's autobiography, and they both relate the story. Both admit omit the other from the story. <laughs> so, um, uh, like James has said, uh, Robert Plant and John Bonham were both from the Birmingham area. Black Sabbath started in the Birmingham area. Black Sabbath formed around this time in 1968. Geezer Butler, Black Sabbath bass player, knew Robert Plant. Ozzy tells the story as he was there, and Tony Iommi tells the story as he was there, but neither one says the other was there. <laughs> so, so the only person that both stories, the only two people that both stories agree were there were Robert Plant and Geezer Butler. <laughs> And it basically, it was they—they they ran into him, uh, you know, Geezer and whichever of the other two uh, Sabbath guys he was with. Run into Robert on the street in Birmingham, and Robert tells him he's been offered the job in Led or not Led Zeppelin, but he's been offered this job with Jimmy Page in the New Yardbirds. He's not sure if he's going to take it. Now they don't—I don't remember if Geezer pushed him to yeah, yeah, you should do that or not. But but yeah, they, it's funny that like I said, Ozzy and Tony both tell this story like they were there, but neither one ex- ex- says that the other one was there.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was probably just geezer who told the story. And then, the
1: <laughs> and that wouldn't surprise me either. But, so. I mean, these
0: are guys who drank and did drugs and this was many, many years ago. So yeah. Yeah. Your buddy told you the story and five years later you think it's you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I don't take drugs and yet I still do that with some of my friends. <laughs> stories. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so actually starting more of a timeline um, since I've, I've talked about sort of things that interrupt the flow. Uh, January 26th, Robert's Band of Joy plays at the legendary Middle Earth in Covent Garden. And I just like to point that out because they played the Middle Earth and that's just awesome as hell. Yes. Was, was Bilbo Baggins there? He was. He was smoking a pipe with some big nose hat wearing motherfucker in the corner. Yes. <laughs> evidently the the seas have become unsundered and they came
1: back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm sorry. I just, ever since I saw that Leonard Nimoy video, (laughs) (laughs) which is up on the Facebook page,
0: (laughs) uh, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be a huge sidetrack. Yes. Uh, April 68. So April of 1968, Hurdy Gurdy man recorded by Scottish artist Donovan that we talked about just a bit ago with sunshine Superman.
1: Yeah. I, um, okay. Is this the one that Jimmy may or may not have played on? No, this is the one Jimmy definitely played on. Definitely played on. Yeah. Okay. So sunshine Superman is the questionable one. Right. Okay. And and the song
0: itself actually has a
1: really neat background.
0: I could do a, a short episode on hurdy gurdy man, like just the song all around. Okay. Uh, but, but for our purposes, it's notable because Jimmy page was one of the guitarists mm-hmm. and John Paul Jones arranged the song and played bass. And John Bonham may or may not have been one of the drummers. (laughs) So again, there are some contradictions. Jonesy doesn't think Bonham played the drums and Donovan has waffled back and forth. There's a little Uh, bit of issue with Jimmy too, but Jimmy Donovan and engineer Eddie Kramer insist Jimmy was there. hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure Jimmy was hard to tell about Bonham because there's another drummer listed too. So yeah, it's, it's kind of
1: convoluted. Interesting. Yes. No, I just, I, just, <laughs> I uh I, gosh, you know, I'd, I'd have to listen to that again. It's been a while, but it's not, it's not something that I remember hearing that Bonham had played on. I listened I, to I, it when I was putting
0: the notes together and I, I could hear Jimmy quite probably being the, one of the guitarists. Yeah. Uh, I don't get Bonzo. So I am more inclined to think that Jimmy was there, but Bonham wasn't. Right. But again, you know so many yeah, songs well, so many and, and if it
1: was if it was January of 68 um uh, how April would, April, 68. April oh sorry sorry April 68 had, had Paige met Bonham at that point no okay
0: yeah I was gonna then, say I don't um and that, that's I, another weird thing because yeah they they coming up soon you will hear how they go up to check out Bonham yeah and again maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. Bonham played and Paige just didn't put it together
1: that could be but I don't I mean, that's just the thing. I hadn't heard of Bonham doing any session work until they record that first Zeppelin album.
0: Ah, but there is one little tiny one that we'll get to, but you are correct. I do believe my good man, and that's why Uh, I go with Bonham not being on there. Yeah, I was going to say that would make more sense. But anyway, uh, Donovan says that this session is what inspired the creation of Led Zeppelin. Partially from them all playing together, but of course it was only really Jimmy and Jonesy were pretty sure, and they played together it, we'll talk about that soon, too. I've got some something coming up. Yeah. Uh, but it's also, though, uh, credited with ushering in Celtic rock, or at least being one of the – well, Donovan says it ushered in Celtic rock. Many people know it's one of the songs that ushered in Celtic
1: rock. <laughs> yeah, and, I was going to so, say, probably not Donovan. Did. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: and, and I do get that because Zeppelin has a lot of Celtic rock roots, but Jimmy had been doing Celtic rock things for quite a while now, like White Summer. So, you know. Yes,
1: yeah. So
0: I'm sure Donovan's Hurdy Gurdy Man, helped,
1: but and I like Donovan's music. I do but, too, yeah. Although I think I like Sunshine Superman more than I like Hurdy Gurdy Man, but I, I like them both for different reasons. So, yeah, yeah, because they're 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 definitely different songs. I mean, you recognize his voice, but yeah, stylistically they're not similar. Celtic yeah. Grog versus more psychedelic. Yeah, yeah.
0: And just the last thing on this little bit is that there uh, are some quotes saying that Jonesy brought up his interest to form a band with Jimmy during this recording. Huh. Um, so a little bit sooner than most people think, but I, I have a, an idea on that that'll come up soon too. Okay. So who knows? But during this time, Cream were breaking up the – Yes. What most people consider the first power supergroup, uh, power trio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they'd announced it in May '68 during a U.S. tour, and made the announcement official in July, saying that after the U.S. tour and two final shows in London, that would be it. Yes. As they,
1: they, we're tying this back into other bands, this would be the time when Deep Purple was doing their first tour of the U.S. Or was it their first? Anyway, yes, Deep, I, I do believe it's yeah. their
0: first because you you mentioned it in the Deep Purple episode, right?
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because Deep Purple got kicked off of the tour supposedly for showing up. Supreme. <laughs> yeah, because we <laughs> talked about how. Eric Clapton would sometimes walk off the stage because uh, <laughs> yeah, the other yeah, two were <laughs> Yeah, Ginger Baker and Jack Bruce would be oblivious because they were competing against each other so hard on stage. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah.
0: But, but Cream were persuaded to do another final third album and they, they did tour a little bit again and finished in November 68, just as Zeppelin were really getting going. And the main reason I bring this up is there could be that when Cream left, it left a hole that Zepp easily filled with their sound. And I think and would have passed them anyway. Oh, yeah. But, but it might have helped. I don't uh-huh. know. But you also had Deep Purple. You had Black Sabbath. It wasn't like Cream left, and it was just one hole for one band. I, I, I think it was the whole Continuum Watershed thing, too, where it might have helped,
1: but I don't know. I think even if Cream had stayed together, and in all honesty, I don't see how that would have been possible <laughs> with, those, with, the, with the size of those egos, including Clapton's. I will say that. I, I still think those bands would have come along. Um, and and I think they would have been as popular as they were.
0: Yeah, I mean they're already forming more or less. I, the yeah. cream dissolving would not have changed what Jimmy did with you know, no Yardbirds and Zeppelin. <sighs> so, but anyway, just I mean it is interesting when you see some bands break up, other bands come in. It's yeah, and it gives some context as to context <clears throat> as to what's going on <laughs> at the time. Yeah, uh, my next bit is what we'll hit on in the Yardbirds episode, but. From in this year, May to July, that whole sort of range is, is the dissolution of the Yardbirds, uh, included mm-hmm. the last tours and shows. And just a quick note to point out that some of the last singles the Yardbirds put out, which, which Jimmy was not a fan of, included songs <laughs> such as Ten Little Indians and Ha Ha Said the Clown. I point these out because they were very bubblegum pop. And if you want a nice idea of what bubblegum pop is, go back and listen to her sweet episode. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> for now, for I, context. I, I, yes. I will say, although I'm not big on ha-ha said the clown, I do like 10 Little Indians and because it's kind of dark. I mean, oh, for Bubblegum Pop, it's <laughs> dark.
0: Yeah, and we could bitch about Mickey Most pop singles right now too, but let's just move yeah, on. Let's, let's just move on. We'll
1: <laughs> save that for the Yardbirds. Yes.
0: At this point, does kind of go from being the Yardbirds to not the Yardbirds uh, because yes. as of now it's just Paige and Chris Treja, uh the, the bass player and peter grant the and manager peter grant who is coming up in two paragraphs
1: <laughs> okay. oh well then i'll let you no oh, no no it's good uh, you, because yeah. that is
0: important foreshadowing um, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that may be a new drinking thing too <laughs> <laughs> that's <all> right <laughs> so page and chris that needed a new vocalist and drummer because they had an upcoming scandinavian tour one drummer they approached was bj wilson uh, but he was in a band that had just started recently called Procol Harum and didn't want to leave them. And if, if you know Procol Harum, it's probably from their song, A Whiter Shade of Pale, which yes. I dig. Yes. A good lot. song. And I, I really dig Black Label Society's version too, but they also approached a couple singers uh, mm-hmm. out Alexis corner. Um, We've mentioned before Jimmy played with and, and Terry yeah. Reed. Reed was going solo and not interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's also an alternate reason being that he was under recording contract. But those, those yeah. two don't have to be exclusive. He could have been under a recording contract as a solo artist. So, you know. Yeah. But Reed suggested a singer named Robert Plant, who was singing in a band called Hobbs Tweedle. Hobbs Tweedle. We're going to come back to Hobbs Tweedle. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Hobbs Tweedle. Uh, at this time, John Paul Jones had become burned out of studio work. And this is what we're talking about earlier. He was arranging up to 60 things a month. And, and just wanted something different. So, again, that's the difference. The studio musician, I'm sure he put in a lot of hours. But yeah. the Ranger was probably overwhelming.
1: Yeah, because he, I, I mean, outside of the producer, he's probably got the biggest responsibility for the song. He just produced the string charts for last year's Stones
0: or Satanic Majesty's Request. Oh, yeah. So that was big. I mean, he'd worked on with Page a lot over the years, uh, mm-hmm. such as Yardbird 67 released little games that we talked about. Yeah um so jones calls page on july 19th to offer services when he heard jimmy was looking to put together a n- new band and and maybe he had mentioned it during the hurdy gurdy or yeah mentioned it during the hurdy studio time and brought it up again mm-hmm. maybe they just kind of bantered about a band and and that got confused but you know john paul came back to it he heard about what was going on in july 19th called up jimmy yeah. but as of july 20th bass player Chris Treja was still in the band right? because Jimmy and Chris and Peter Grant, and, and my note here is whose involvement as the band's manager will be dealt with in detail <laughs> in the, the Yardbirds episodes for the beginning of it, yeah. and then a lot in future Zep episodes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, uh, Peter's a large figure in this. <laughs> uh, f- both literally and figuratively. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so, so on the 20th, uh, they, those three go up to listen to Robert Plant uh, 13 days after the last Yardbirds show. At this time, Plant was in a band called Obstweedle. Tweedle. Obs with an O. Obs Tweedle. It's not Hobbs Tweedle. Um, so Reed just got the name a bit off. It's hard to blame him for that. And I always yeah. see this in like, not always. I, in half the Zeb books, they always talk about because of his love of Middle Earth. No. No, there's no Hobbs Tweedle in Middle Earth, fuckers. There's no Obs Tweedle You know what it comes from? Obs for obscure, and Tweedle from Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland. It's not Middle Earth Lord of the Rings, fuckers. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry. Uh, you, you say something while I take a drink after that.
1: Uh, well, no, because I, 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 get, I get it because people are, you know, they, they jump to conclusions. We all do. <laughs> and, you know, if, if they think it's Hobbes, then they think it must come from Hobbit. So, yeah, I, I get where they're coming from, but no. Come yeah, on, guys. And,
0: and they do use Lord of the Rings references in their Zep songs a few times. So, you know. Yeah. Hindsight, yeah. I, uh, it's, uh, anyway. it's
1: not that. Yeah, exactly. It's not that he wasn't a fan of Tolkien's writings. It's just, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean everything he did was based on Tolkien's writings.
0: Uh. Um, so yeah, so this was after the Band of Joy had disbanded uh, just a little bit earlier this year. Yeah. So Robert joined Obs Tweedle and he started as a harp player, harmonica, until the vocalist came down with food poisoning and then was offered the chance to sing and they found out just how good he was. Yes. And so he became the, the vocalist. And uh, Paige was so intrigued um, because he, he had some people recommend this guy and he you know, heard around and then he went to hearing play and he was just flabbergasted with how good he was. He kind of wondered why he was still virtually unknown. He thought maybe there were issues with <laughs> Plant's personality. <laughs> so, so he invited Plant to come and hang down for a few pa- a few days at Paige's Boathouse on the Thames uh, in Pangborn mm-hmm. uh, later that month. And there they discussed bands they both loved. Uh, there's a, a neat little story about how Jimmy left the room uh, for a little bit and plant picked out a stack of 45s to listen to. And when Jimmy comes back in, he looks at it, he goes, those were the same I was going to pick out to play for you. (laughs) Yeah. I like that story. Uh, After this meeting plant hitchhiked up to Oxford to talk to John Bonham, playing with Tim Rose's band at the time, because he wanted to talk to him about this Uh, plant recommended Bonzo being the drummer for the band to Jimmy. So, on July 31st, Jimmy and Peter go up to check out Bonzo, who was with the Tim Rose uh, during the Tim Rose show. And a few days and many calls, uh, Plant Mm -hmm. sent several telegrams to the pub. Uh, Bonzo frequented, called three men in a boat in Bloxwich, and and Peter Grant sent dozens. Uh, Bonzo decided to join.
1: Yeah, he didn't. I think at first he wasn't so sure about it because he, he had a steady gig going with Tim Rose.
0: Yeah, he's making decent money.
1: Yeah. And I think by that time, weren't he and Pat married and Jason was there?
0: Uh, I think he was there. If not, definitely on the the way. Yeah. He he was wanting his family taken care of. So, yeah. And then that's one of the things we'll talk about. Bonzo loves his family and that was when he became the beast that Jody mentioned earlier. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll we'll definitely paint Bonzo in a
1: good light (laughs) because yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, just, you know, Phenomenal drummer, and when sober, could be one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet, from what I've understood. So, and that will, yeah, definitely be mentioned. Early August, Chris Jasia
0: leaves the band, so Jonesy was actually able to join. So it's kind of weird. So Jonesy called July 19th and offered his services. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm always torn on this. I, I can see because so Chris wanted to be a photographer. He decided yes. to leave the music business and become a,
1: a photo a photojournalist or just photographer? I think just photographer because he, he wound up working with a lot of bands and he he did the back cover photo on the first Zeppelin album. That's Yeah, so just a photographer. That's right. Yeah, um, so he just went into photography. And I've seen some of his work. I mean, he, he was pretty good at what he did. I always wonder, Jimmy, that we've talked about, is, is very smart
0: and crafty. Yes. I sometimes wonder if he wanted Jones in the band and Chris was sort of waffling a bit so Jimmy could have nudged him a bit. No, nah,
1: Chris, I think you'd do great as a photographer. I will be okay. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I've never thought about that, but that you may be onto something there because it, uh, you know, and this is, this is going back to the Deep Purple episode, the, the, the Deep Purple episode on the Mark I lineup. Near the end of that episode, I talked about how Richie Blackmore John Lord and eventually Ian Pace decided, you know, they wanted to go in a heavier direction and they didn't think that Rod Evans and Nick Semper were going to be a good fit for that considering i think what jimmy kind of had in mind for for led zeppelin he may have been thinking that you know chris dreja was he was a good bass player and he was a good rhythm guitarist you know wasn't gonna do what he needed exactly yeah exactly i don't as 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 big of a yardbirds fan as i am and as big of a fan of chris dreja as i am i really he is not in the same category as john paul jones when it comes to musical ability
0: so yeah, so it could have been, I mean, maybe Chris knew he just wasn't going to be, it's hard to tell, you know? Right. And, and I don't fault the menu. It doesn't sound like there were really hard feelings.
1: No, no. He, you know, he, uh, f- f- from what I remember, he, you know, he kind of said, okay, that sounds good to me, you know? And <laughs> <laughs> yep, shake hands. Yeah. <laughs> Part ways. There, so there's another
0: point I kind of want to make here. Everybody always points to Plant and Bottoms friendship. Yes. Uh, they, they were... In bands, of course, you know, a great friendship between vocalist and drummer. So I don't want to sweep that under the rug at all. Right. But Paige and Jones had known each other for years. Mm -hmm. They had worked together. I'm not saying they were friends, but nobody really talks much about how well they 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 had to have worked well together. They had to have gotten along professionally and to a point collegially, just as people, because Jones called Jimmy up and said, Hey, I want to be in the band. Paige, he told John, yeah, I want, yeah, come on, be in the band. So yeah, you don't really see much about that relationship between the guitarist and bassist of Zeppelin like you do, the singer and the drummer. But I have to say, it had to be fairly deep. They worked together a lot.
1: They did, and successfully. I, I think part of the reason, though, would be because Bonham and Plant had been, they'd been friends since they were teenagers. Of course, they were, what, they were roughly about 20 at this point. This is 68, yes, 20. Yeah, so they're just coming out of their teens. Okay, so that was early August. Uh, yeah. August 19th is
0: their first rehearsal Chinatown area of London. I, I like Jonesy's quote, we all met in this little room just to see if we could even stand each other. It was wall-to-wall amplifiers and terrible, all old. Robert had heard I was a session man, and he's wondering what was going to show up, some old bloke with a pipe? <laughs> <laughs> and really, I mean, they're only, four, what, four years older? Yeah, <laughs> they're not that much older. Yeah. And, and Plant... Uh, his quote was, I don't think Jonesy's ever worked with anybody like me before, me not knowing any of the rudiments of music or anything like that, and not really desiring to learn them, but still hitting it off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, Page's quote on the first practice that I, that I love, he says, it came together very quickly. Ultimately, I wanted the group to be a marriage of blues, hard rock, and acoustic music with heavy courses a combination that hadn't been explored fully before. Lots of light and shade in the music. And yes.
1: his light and shade, and uh, that that'll be a term he uses a lot. Uh, well, no, never mind i'll just, I'll let you because I get the feeling I'm you're gonna mention what song they started with. I, I was gonna actually
0: ask you, I was gonna say, hey, Dave <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you know what the first song they played was? Uh, uh,
1: no. was it was it uh... cashmere? no yeah, oh no, no. <laughs> Train kept a rolling. Train kept a rolling. Woo! Yes, because it had been a Yardbirds song. Yardbirds it goes back it. farther, but yeah, the Yardbirds had had a hit with it. it, it
0: does. In fact, we have talked about this in our distortion effects pedal episode. Yes. Train kept a rolling. Yes. Yes. Although, as of recording this, we haven't put that one out yet. Right. So who knows <laughs> if we put it out yet? But whether it has or will soon, listen to that episode and you'll get a better idea of the history of Train kept a rolling.
1: Yes, I um going back to what I mentioned way earlier in recording this episode uh, about the bootlegs that I've listened to from this 69-1970 era as they became Led Zeppelin they were still playing a couple of yardbird songs. Yes, they they were. We'll we'll talk about that really soon. <laughs> well, because we're talking about Train Kept a Rolling and that's one of the songs they were still playing during the first few tours as Led Zeppelin, or as the first in 1968 and 69 when they started touring the US. And I listening to those, the arrangement was close to the Yardbirds' uh, Stroll On. Uh, Stroll On, and we'll talk about this more in Yardbirds, but Stroll On was a, it was basically Train Kept a Rollin', but they rewrote the lyrics. The intro was different. And when, they played it live as Zeppelin, especially these, the, those early tours. Um, so I, I, so I'm kind of wondering if that's how it sounded at this rehearsal. Huh.
0: Yeah. You don't really know how some of the songs evolved in the first month or two. No. Quite sad to people like us. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I want to make a note on Train Kept a Rolling and that first rehearsal on August 9th, because... Dreja has been quoted saying that it was him at this first practice. And it was at this point that he knew it wasn't for him. And that's <laughs> when he went to photographer. Uh, you are also calling BS like I am, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, Everybody else talks about their experience. And that includes Jonesy talking yeah. about seeing Plant, plants, reaction to Jonesy. And Jimmy said, yeah,
1: nobody. Yeah. I have not heard anybody mention Chris Dresia except Chris Dresia. <laughs>
0: And you know what? Maybe he was there. He could have been. He, he wasn't in the, like Jonesy was still the, ba- and maybe he saw it and he's like, nope. But I, I still very much
1: doubt that. Yeah. Well, I, you know, he may have been there and, as photographer. Could have been. Although I don't, I've never seen any photos show up. I haven't either.
0: just said he's actually the bass player too. So, uh, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it was at this practice that Paige asked everybody to chip in for the food and drinks. Oh. And of course, Paige and... Jones had money from session work plant and Bonham were pretty much penniless <laughs> <And> there's <Paige laughs> asking them for money. And that's, you know, the quote about that's where the nickname lead wallet comes from and everything. But he's, yeah. he's asked about this years, years later in an interview and he kind of laughs it off and he says, uh, no, not really. If, if it's my round, I will buy my round for everybody there and I'll, and I'll buy something good. Yeah. But it does come across that if he doesn't have to buy it, he won't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my last note uh, on on this particular day is is they talk about the chemistry and how the, they they felt this electricity in there. They felt the chemistry. They all seem to agree with that, and, yeah. and chemistry is hugely important for great bands. So Zeppelin, I think, had great chemistry all around, at least at first. Oh yeah. But, but you can't have great bands with musical chemistry only and horrible personal chemistry, such as Cream that we've talked about. And you Deep will purple. see, as Jody mentioned, Deep Purple. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so what you mentioned earlier, you foreshadowed. <laughs> Drink! <laughs> Damn it, all right. And, and this is where when I said, not quite, when you said they, they hadn't recorded sort of before as a whole thing, uh, before their ZEP um, or New Yardbirds. So, like we'd mentioned, th- this is still the New Yardbirds because they had a Scandinavian tour coming up and they had to tour as the Yardbirds, but they decided to tour as the New Yardbirds. birds. yes. And, and that will be in September. But during September, the band recorded the song "Jim's Blues" with PJ Proby. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and Jim's Blues comes from PJ's actual name, James Marcus Smith. It's not from Jimmy Page. It's yeah. PJ's name. Um, so PJ was the the vocalist. Uh, so Robert played the harmonica. Jonesy had been lined up for arranging the song, and he decided to go ahead and do it anyway. And he brought in the whole band, thinking that it'd be a good chance for them to all play it is very much a zeppelin early zeppelin sounding song too in fact know, we maybe i can pull up a snippet of it and we'll we'll sink it in here and then september 7th to 24th the last tour as the New Yardbirds in Scandinavia. Yeah. The set list for this tour it reflects both the Yardbirds era that, that Jody mentioned and also what's going to go on their first album, which we'll cover in the next episode. Mm-hmm. A fairly certain train kept a rolling was the their intro song. Yeah. Uh, but they did. I can't quit you, babe. Dazed and Confused, which is big for Zeppelin, but Yardbirds played it also.
1: Yes, um. uh, it is. It is on. Uh, it was a live album. It was recorded in New York that was pulled but Jimmy Page has since actually released it as a Yardbirds album so we'll get in more to that when we do the Yardbirds stuff yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh
0: then they had how many more times uh White Summer again for Jimmy's little solo mm-hmm. acoustic shtick for your love Yardbird song uh You Shook Me Baby I'm Going to Leave You As Long As I Have You and Communication Breakdown
1: Oh, okay. I didn't, uh, I guess I didn't. Well, I they probably would have started working on new material right then anyway, so. Oh yeah, because, uh, yeah. I
0: mean, within a month they're going to be recording. Uh, so Paige states the tour was fantastic, leaving, they left the audience stomping the floors every show. Plant's take was a little more pragmatic, especially probably considering he wasn't as well off as Jimmy already was, that we, we just talked about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But Plant says, we made no money on the first tour, nothing at all. And he gives Jimmy credit. He says, Jimmy put in every penny that he'd gotten from the Yardbirds, and that wasn't much. Um, But but he he also talked about the not-yet-dynamic chemistry. So we just mentioned that first rehearsal was fantastic, but of course there's a difference between a rehearsal and when you actually go out and play in public. Yeah. But yeah, he says, in Scandinavia, we were pretty green. It was very early days, and we were tiptoeing with each other. We didn't have half the recklessness that became, for me, the whole joy of Led Zeppelin. Ah, yes. So, yeah, you know, still feeling each other out. Yeah. But Jimmy's other comments kind of do lend to this too and the need to change and move on and become their own thing. Mm-hmm. We all agreed there was no point in retaining the new Yardbirds tag. It was a new beginning for us all. Yes. Yeah, because well, in uh, all
1: honesty, they're, they're two completely different bands. Yes. Oh, so very much.
0: Yeah. But yeah, that, that's pretty much it for pre-Zeppelin. Pre-Zepp- From this point on, they would go as Led Zeppelin. And uh, I, I do believe the story of, miss, of, uh, of spelling it L-E-D instead of L-E-A-D so Americans wouldn't mispronounce it because as my good mate Polly from England has made wonderful fun of me for my pronunciations of J-R-R-Tolkien's last name, Polly. <laughs> I, I, I get it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that was September. In October, they would record their first album in only 30 hours and we'll hit on that next episode. Yeah. Uh, and they, they would first tour as Led Zeppelin, although some concert posters did still say New Yard Birds or New Yard Birds with Jimmy Page, because of you know they'd already been printed or that's who people want to see. Yeah, and of course uh, there is a slight also tale that they went from uh, New York Birds to Led Zeppelin because Chris Dreja still actually had the rights to the name Yardbirds and he didn't want them using it. <laughs> yes, I have heard that. So it could be both. I, I can see both. I think there was yeah. a lot like a, a cease and desist. And they're like, well, that's actually cool because we want something else say. We want to be our own thing. It worked out yeah. well for, for everybody. Yeah. So we've gotten up to just as they actually become Led Zeppelin. And we'll cover some of these things such as their uh, first UK dates and their, their, first Christmas, their, their first US show on Christmas 1968 and everything in the next nice. Zeppelin episode. Nice. We, we hope you enjoy this and hear from us again next week. I'm James. I'm, I'm Jody. Jody. We'll see you guys later. Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. I'm going to take a drink of my beer. Okay. Today's beer is Triton's White Chocolate Golden Ale. Uh,
1: <laughs> and I can hear him now. Fuck you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Robert Plant was having a wank in John Paul, or John Bonham's house. Robert, real quick, can you hear dogs okay. barking? The mic. A little, a little bit, but um, I'm, it, I'll it, be it, right it, back.
0: I'm just going to go close a window. They're all having fun in the backyard, and I have the windows open to air out the house. Well, so, I was going to say, just it, it adds ambience.
1: Well, okay, or 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 ambiance.
0: <laughs> ambiance. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to make a ambarkians
1: joke. Ambarkians. Um, oh, okay, ambarkians. <laughs> I think you dropped that out. I think you dropped that out. Do do do
0: do do. do. Jody is a wanker. What Jody is you, a wanker. Oh,
1: sorry. <laughs> when he was in Ozzy's band and they went over to Russia to do the Moscow Music Peace Festival, it's something about having a wank over the toilet <laughs> in the hotel in Russia and hearing sounds in the pipes. <laughs> so many
0: wank stories, so little time.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>